Hello, good morning. Buenos días, buenas tardes, buenas noches. Mi nombre es Lisa McFall. And that's all the Spanish that I know. <laughs> but hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. My name is Lisa Amanda McFall, and this is my podcast. Here is the Confessions of a Church Girl podcast, y'all. Every week, every Monday, we come in, we come in loaded, we come in with like excellent topics, and it is so amazing. First of all, hi again. My name is Lisa. Second of all, this is my podcast. Thirdly, I am the author of the book, The Confessions of a Church. The Confessions of a Fornicating Church Girl. Yeah, that's the name of my book. For those of you who are local, you can pick up a copy of my book at um, Chapter One Bookstore. Um, that's by the University of the Bahamas. You can purchase a copy of my book at Logos Bookstore, Harbor Bay. Um, there's also the All Seasons Bookstore in the Palmdale Plaza. And then also um, check out my girl Felicia at the True Vine Publishing and Marketing Store. That's Blue Hill Road North and Broom Street. I think that's it for right now. And then for those of you who don't feel like getting up and going to purchase a hard copy of the book, and also for those of you who are our overseas listeners, you can definitely um, download a copy of my book on the Kindle app, Amazon Kindle, y'all. I'm telling you, it'll be right there at your fingertips. All right, so today is Monday, and this is episode 10. Y'all, I can't believe we are already 10 episodes deep into our first season. Thank you so much for rolling with me, for riding with me. Um, like, it's been amazing. The reviews have been awesome so far, and thank you guys so much. I also want to send a big, huge shout-out to the best producer in the whole wide world. Shout-out to Charles, y'all. Listen, Charles is amazing, y'all, and I am so grateful to be able to call him. He's standing up. Look. <laughs> Y'all, Charles putting up the bullet fingers in the studio. What a time. <laughs> um, he got me forget what I was going to say. But yeah, shout out to Charles, y'all. He's amazing. So grateful to be able to call him my brother. All right. So today, our topic, I just want to get straight into it. Now that protocol has already been established. Right? So today's topic, I'm sure you can see it on the description, but it is... Um, confessions of a forgiving church girl. Now, forgiveness is one of those things where I feel hadn't been taught to me as correctly as it should have, if that makes sense. Like, of course, I say this in every one of my episodes. This is in no way ever, like, my intent is never, ever, ever to put anybody on blast, to drag anybody's name through the mud or highlight anybody's um, insufficiencies or their flaws. Because the truth be told, um, just as a conversation I had with my brother today where um, I told him often what we've been taught was just information that had been passed down to the pre to the people or to the persons who were teaching us. Like somebody had to teach them this and... Sometimes generational lessons aren't always truth, and it takes the curse breaker, it takes the cycle breaker, it takes somebody brave enough to be able to look at something and say, you know what, I don't know if I agree with this. It takes courage to be that person. It honestly takes courage to not only be that person, but to be the person to then stand up and say, hey, that isn't the entire truth. This is the truth. Because the truth is, 
a half truth is still not is still not the truth at all. So anyway, I digress. I wanted to talk to you talk to you today about forgiveness. And I have like a million, not literally a million, but there are but there are a few um scriptures that I love that talk about forgiveness. And it's three of them. So I'm going to read those three scriptures and then I'm going to talk about something that I posted on my WhatsApp um, that kind of sparked me to have this conversation. So the first one is, hmm, where'd it go? (laughs) So the first one is Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, and it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And then there's also um, Mark 11 and 25, and it says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. That's a big one. Like that, ooh. And one more, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24, and it says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Whew. Y'all, them scriptures just mashing my toe. Nonetheless, I posted something on my WhatsApp that I wanted to just briefly read as well. And I was talking about how—anyway, let me read it. So I was like, sometimes after we've parted ways with another person, we receive comfort in the idea that this person will suffer for the rest of their lives. We've been taught to even weaponize God in these instances, and we believe that God is on our side and against the person— That hurt us. So we put really weird and nasty energy behind scriptures like God don't sleep or no rest for the wicked or Charlie prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemy. So we secretly await the news that this person is suffering with illness, divorce, their husband or their wife cheating, death or some other turmoil, you know, like their children going through something And as Christians and people who believe in God, like, that is so weird to me. We've been taught to carry bitterness and resentment in our hearts towards those we believe have offended us, and this is not okay. Mind you now, I'm not invalidating anybody's feelings or experiences because I understand and believe that for every action, there is a consequence. And the truth is, there really are some mean and nasty people on this earth. But when we say, let God deal with them, we need to realize that we sometimes want God to hurt or kill these people. And the truth is, we want God to hurt them, but God really wants to transform their hearts. The real test of your faith is being able to actually forgive and let go of the anger you hold in your heart towards them. So all of that, child, I forgive, but I'm forgetting. Mm. Put a pin in that. The real test is to sincerely pray for them, y'all. Not pray for them in a way that strokes our ego and makes us feel like the most righteous Christian since Jesus walked the earth. Because I know we, and I was guilty of it um, in my past, 
where I would be like, child, I pray for them. Let me pray for them. Let me pray for them. And that's because it makes us feel super righteous and super spiritual to be able to say that we prayed for somebody who hurt us when in actuality we really want to hurt that person or our prayers were so charged with the wrong motives that I don't even know if God really hurt them. So don't say, I don't feel no type of way towards them while you're clearly feeling some type of way. Like, have you ever heard somebody say, I'm angry, I'm not angry, <laughs> but their entire tone and demeanor is so angry that if you were to cut them, they would not bleed. <laughs> but don't say, I don't feel no type of way towards them while clearly feeling some type of way. Like animosity and resentment breed bitterness. And that bitterness is going to turn into spite. And spite and contempt, when harbored long enough, take deep root in our hearts. This then turns our hearts cold. The next thing you know, you've lost the love and compassion you've had for other people, and you become exactly the thing that you hate. And like I said, I am not here to invalidate your feelings because I know what they did hurt you. I know what they said hurt you. I know that you'll never forget how they abandoned you and how they made you feel. Listen, I know it hurts. It hurt then and it hurts now. And every minute you spend reliving that moment breeds more and more contempt in your heart. The truth is, I've learned that our brains can't really tell the difference between us thinking about something and us actually reliving it. So that's why every time you think about something that happened, maybe like something anxiety-inducing, fear-inducing, something that made you angry or even something that made you happy or sad, you tend to feel those emotions coming right back up. Like if you go back to a very sad memory, you if you pay attention, you'll notice that your eyes begin to flood with tears. Or if you feel if you think about something that made you angry, you will you'll feel your heart start to pound a little bit more. You'll feel your jaw clench. You feel your um, fist start to ball up. You feel your blood pressure rise, and that's because our brains are responding to the thought. So you may think that refusing to let it go isn't doing any, doing anything to you at all. But what it is doing is you every time you relive it mentally, you relive it physically and spiritually as well. I am one of those persons who believe that everything that we do in the natural has a spiritual connotation attached. I believe that what we choose to do in the, in the natural um, is heavily mirrored in the spirit. And so today I just want to talk about being able to let it go, but letting it go for real this time. I have maybe at least a hundred um, experiences I can talk about where it was really hard for me to forgive people. And to be honest with you, it's amazing that I am able to now sit here and talk about this. And of course, you know, this is a healing conversation. Everything about this is healing. So go with me here. Um, one of the things I've realized is that Okay, like Jesus said, I think it's Jesus who said this. Yeah, Jesus said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Was it Jesus? Oh my God, y'all, y'all gonna, y'all gonna cancel me because y'all gonna be like, this girl don't read a Bible. <laughs> but Jesus said, um, take heart for he's already overcome the world. 
And I'm grateful that while Jesus was on the cross, he was he was able to speak. You know, we just got out of Easter um, a couple months ago, and one one of the you know traditions that we have in the churches, we do the seven last things. And one of the things that Jesus said was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they've done or what they are doing. And the truth be told, I struggled with that for a while because I was like, Jesus, I feel like these people knew exactly what they were doing to you. And they were intentional about what they were doing. Nonetheless, Jesus, after being spat upon and mocked and beaten and literally hung to a cross in the most gruesome and dramatic and traumatic way, he still was able to take a few of his last breaths and and wished forgiveness for the people who were standing there while they were in the act of doing the thing. That in itself is amazing to me because as a believer, as a Christian, it's hard for me to be able to forgive people months after they have hurt me, months after they have offended me. And then I come and I read the Bible and I find out that Jesus was forgiving these people while they were actively doing the thing that was hurting him. Like he didn't. He didn't say these things after he had already died and and rose again and say, okay, Father, forgive them. But he was forgiving those people while they were still there mocking him and gambling and, you know, and saying, well, if he really is the son of God, then he could call his angels to come down or something like that. And that is amazing to me because Jesus is literally the greatest um, motivation. He's literally the greatest thing that we could look up to, the greatest person, the greatest idea of what it it means to be a child of God. Jesus was able to do something that I struggle with to do even after somebody cut me off at the light. If you cut me off at the light, I tell you, I'm thinking about that like for at least five minutes. I hold that in my heart. I hold that against you for five minutes. But like I said, Jesus was there and he was able to use some of his last breaths and say, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And I know you may say, Lisa, I hear you and Jesus is cool and all that, but these people know what they're doing to me. They know what they did and I don't think I could ever forgive them. Listen, I have at least a hundred, maybe even more scenarios of people who I felt just didn't deserve my forgiveness. Nonetheless, I still had to do it. And the reason being is because I remember having a conversation with my former pastor and my former pastor's wife. And she told me, I was I went to her about somebody who I believed at the time was offending me or was being offensive to me. And I was like, my blood was boiling. I was in my feelings. I was angry. Like I was like, if this person says something else to me, I'm a rock that world. Because the truth be told, I wasn't always this safe. <laughs> I was going to tell them a couple of things, but I was like, you know what? Let me do the right thing and seek counsel. So I had this conversation with my former pastor's wife and she was like, you know what, Lisa, unforgiveness clogs up your prayer line. And when she said that to me, I was like, this lady just slapped me. And she said it in the most gentle way. And this was years ago. This was at least 2017 when she when we first had this conversation. And I still remember it now. And she was like, unforgiveness clogs up your prayer line. And I knew what it meant automatically. Automatically, I knew what it meant because um, we just wrote we just wrote the scripture. 
not wrote, <laughs> we just read the scripture where it was saying um, when we don't forgive people. So it says in Matthew 6 and 14, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, then your heavenly father will also forgive you. And let me just pull it up in the big Bible, Matthew 6 and 14. Because, y'all, this is word today. Like, if you ain't even been to church yesterday, this is your sermon. So, you know, I'll post my PayPal information so you could send the tithes. Just kidding. But it says, verse 15 says, But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, then neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And that is so scary to me because imagine, imagine God not forgiving you of your sins and you either pass away or Christ cracks the eastern sky and is standing up in the middle, come to kick, take us home and you waiting to go up and be caught up, up to yonder and you ain't going and it's because you haven't received the forgiveness that you needed and that's because you chose not to forgive somebody else. Like, sweetie pie, honey bun, I don't care what you did to me. <laughs> You ain't more important than me getting the hair well done, thou good and faithful servant. I might as well tell you. Sometimes we choose to hold on to unforgiveness for multiple reasons. First, because we don't really know how to let it go. Sometimes we just don't know how to let go. Sometimes we never learn how to let things go. And wait, let me just finish this and I'll tell you something else. But um, we never learn to let it go. Then number two is pride. Sometimes the pride that we hold in our hearts, like, to me, it's like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you come against me? Like, who was you? How dare you? Little uncircumcised Philistine, like, who do you think you are? And sometimes pride causes us to be like, child, this person can't, they ain't got to worry about me because who they think they is, you know, and they don't know who I am. Do you know who my dad is? Do you know who my mom is? Like pride often um, keeps us from letting things go because as far as we're concerned, nobody should ever even step to us in that way. And sometimes things just hurt so bad that it almost feels impossible. And then Another reason is because nobody else validated what we went through. I've realized that if somebody, if, if we experience something and nobody, and everybody is quick to tell you, you got to let it go, or everybody is quick to brush it off and invalidate the way that you feel and invalidate your experience then you tend to want to hold on to that unforgiveness because your unforgiveness acts as the proof that you were actually hurt. The truth is, people can't see emotional scars, and if it was physical trauma, after a while, um, those physical scars, they're going to heal and nobody's going to be able to see it. But you will continue to replay that memory over and over in your head, and by you holding on to that unforgiveness, it, it keeps, it just... It serves as the physical, tangible evidence that you actually were hurt and that this person who hurt you isn't as pure and as holy as everybody else tries to make them seem. I said a mouthful. Ooh, I said a mouthful. 
it's hard to forgive. But the truth is, there is a difference between forgiving and letting go. Forgiveness is the first step. It's like the the first admitting that I was hurt and then choosing to forgive the person. And I heard Pastor Joyce Meyer say before, shout out to Joyce Meyer. I hope she's listening to my podcast. I doubt she is, but one day she will. <laughs> I prophesy that. <laughs> but um, she said, she said forgiveness is... Forgiveness is the act. And then sometimes our emotions have to catch up with the act of it. So, and just because you feel negative feelings, it does not mean that you will forever. Just because you, just because you feel negative feelings, it does not mean that you did not re- um, forgive that person. It just means now that you have to continue to be intentional about the steps that you're making, that you are making or that you need to make in order to be able to release them. To to get the release that you need, um, it's going to come through sometimes counseling, sometimes therapy, sometimes um, seeing a psychiatrist, um, sometimes sitting down with somebody and, and explaining the entire situation. But even as you seek your healing, even as you seek the knowledge and the strategy on how to let go and how how to forgive, I pray or my prayer for you is that you also pray and ask the Lord to help you to let let it go. um, Unforgiveness is one of those things that could literally damage you from the inside out. Like my pastor explained it one time, shout out to Pastor Audra. Um, She explained that Unforgiveness can, like, it's like a cancer. It just sits there and it just continues to multiply. If you know about pathophysiology, about cancer cells, and you know that it starts off with one abnormal cell that continues to multiply and multiply and multiply until it takes up a large portion of an area. And then after a while, by the time it's that thing that already spread, it's here, there, and everywhere. And that's what we call metastasized. And that's what stage four. And I'm not saying all that to prove to y'all that I'm in nursing school. <laughs> but I'm saying that to say that I understand what she meant when she described unforgiveness as a cancer because it just sits there. And over time, it, it, it becomes almost out of control. My prayer to you today is that you learn to seek, that you... I validate what you experienced and I understand what you went through. I know it hurt and I know that what that person did to you was wrong. Whether they stole a candy out of your shop or whether they hurt you in the most unimaginable, inexplainable way, indescribable way. But my prayer for you is that you will let it go so you can grow and become all that God has called you to be. My prayer for you is that you find peace, that as you choose to lay aside that weight and as you choose to give God that thing that's been weighing you down for so long, my prayer for you is that when you give God that burden that you've been carrying, then he would replace it with his peace. He says, take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. And my prayer for you is that you would exchange that burden of unforgiveness. 
Anyway, y'all, time goes by so quickly. We are going to have to finish this. So check me next week for a part two of the Confessions of a Forgiving Church Girl. As always, my name is Lisa A. McFall. I am your podcast host at me on Instagram. Shoot me a DM on Facebook. Like and share. Bring your friends in on this. Don't keep this all for yourself. Let people hear that the gospel of Jesus Christ is still alive and well, y'all. And it is not only preached on Sunday mornings, but they could even tune in to this podcast in their car, on their job, in the gym, in the shower, wherever. All right. I gone for true before Charles. Um, Stands up. Okay, I'm going to see you next week. Bye.